When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we discuss the experimental shotgun rework, some fun fan animations, and the first week of playoffs. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to week 31 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. This is the gameplay section. This week, we are going to be talking about the first week of the playoffs. Um, the post This is post-regular season, right, Kevin? Yeah, we're technically in the postseason now. Okay, we are in the postseason of season three of the Overwatch League. We are coming right to the end. Um, and yeah, uh, gameplay-wise, Kevin, how has your life been in the past week? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, we got a couple games of Overwatch in, but um, lucky for us, well, it's lucky and unlucky. Some of the new, since it is a new semester for a lot of schools, we have to do tryouts again, so we're doing trials. Um, cool thing is, if, you're, if your school is doing tryouts and trials uh, and you think you suck, uh, definitely take a shot. There's a lot of people who will see potential in even attempting to play. And remember, mechanics are something that like we can teach. Um, personality and communication is something that we cannot. So um, take your shot. Uh, RU is doing theirs. Um, I'm going to be one of the people who decides if you get in or not. So uh, let's just hope that you know I, we see a lot of people show up. Um, if not, you know we only have we usually have two teams for Overwatch, um, but we can definitely see a single team uh, happening if. There's not enough people who show up. So um, tryouts are happening. It's a little stressful. Um, I just hope that I get to see some new talent and a lot of people like show up and play. What about you? How's, how's your life going on? Um, I've been playing. I played Hellblade recently. I, I picked it up again. Um, if you haven't played Hellblade, I would highly recommend it. It's like this picked woman who picks are like, as far as I I'm aware picked are like one of the like indigenous peoples of the UK and they were they had their clash with like the Roman Empire and like the Vikings and whatnot but like it's this woman who's a picked like her her the person she was going to marry is like murdered by Northmen and she has to go down to Valhalla or not Valhalla down to hell to to get his uh soul back from Hela and the whole the, the one of the the main parts of the game is how it deals with like mental illness. Cause she's like 
severely mentally ill. And so you like, you hear the voices in her head, like the thing she sees, like, you know, they're not there, but you still have to fight them anyway. And it's just, it's a really, really well crafted game. I'm very upset that Microsoft bought the rights to the sequel. So I'm not going to get to play it unless I buy an Xbox and a PS4. So yeah, that's, that's what I've been playing recently. Also, I'm trying to get a new laptop because mine is like seven years old at this point and the camera doesn't reliably work um, and it keeps shutting off sometimes randomly. So I'm, I'm in the market for that. People have told me to buy a gaming laptop as a consideration. So it's definitely one of the things I'm thinking about, but I'm more leaning towards Apple just because I, I don't like the way that Microsoft and Windows run. Um, if anybody has any like suggestions on laptops or like how different OSs compare and etc uh please shoot them my way because yeah i'm not i'm not a techie i don't know very much about tech uh yeah it it does take a lot to get used to switching OSs i'm i'm going to let you know that right now um my cousin had her birthday like 2 weeks ago and she she's been like a mac fan her entire life mm-hmm. um but she likes Fall Guys. Like she's been watching people play Fall Guys, and she's like, "I want to play Fall Guys." And then it's not on, it's not on uh, Apple. So she's like, "Well, I gotta go and <laughs> PC." So she consulted me and a bunch of other people um, on getting PC parts, and then we built her a whole like working PC for I think it was under nine hundred. Um, so it's a desktop, though it's kind of it's a bigger one, but it does do its job relatively yeah. well i mean so. that's significantly lower than like the max i'm looking at. like the, the the cheapest mac right now like is probably like because i'm looking at the 16 inches because it's closer to the size of what i have and like i like having the bigger screen it's like at least gonna be two one for me two two so that's significantly more than 900 yeah it's just a matter of figuring out like what you want in it yeah, and, and then like just with Apple, you know you're up. buying the Apple name too. They they put a premium on that logo. Okay, so let's get into the week of uh, the Overwatch League, the playoffs that just happened. This is week one. Um, we started out with day one of just knockouts. So we had four teams that were in danger. We had the Uprising, the Outlaws, the Justice, and the Titans. The Uprising beat the Outlaws three to one. I heard that their the picks on the outlaws were just really bad like they were running farah literally every map which they really didn't need to and as much as i love farah i know you got to recognize that there are some situations where she is a bad pick she's still my favorite character it's just you have to know you can't play her every time which apparently the outlaws didn't recognize and they were pretty much stomped by the uprising the justice versus the titans was a 3-0. and I didn't hear much about this, but if you know anything about what happened this weekend, the Justice are looking fantastic. Uh, no one really expected them to do as well as they did, but that's pretty much been the story of each one of these tournaments is that a team who we all considered to be maybe bottom tier made it to the top. So this time, I guess it's the Justice. So that was day one. Moving on to day two. Um, this is when I actually started watching. So this is when I recognized that we're on the, uh, the version one of the anti-double shield meta. So if you remember last week or so, 
there was an experimental patch that came live that changed a lot of the uh, how the characters play. So there's a lot of um, changes to like damage, the amount of ammo they have. Like I know Ash went down from 12 shots to uh, from 15 shots to 12 shots. So that patch isn't live for the league. They're playing on the one right before that that just really targeted the uh, shield tanks. Um, so day two, we had the Spitfire go against the Hunters. The Hunters won that three to one. The Defiant versus the Gladiators was a two and three in favor of the Gladiators. The Uprising versus the Rain are one to three in favor of the Rain. And the Justice versus the Fuel was a three and oh. Now keep in mind that at this point, day two, this is like the full tournament. So we're on a double elimination um, structure. So if you lose, you drop to the, the loser's bracket. And if you're in the loser's bracket, um, then if you lose there, you're out of the tournament. So yeah, so Justice versus the Fuel. Um, this one was an interesting match to watch because Decay used to be DPS on the fuel. He had his whole drama where he wasn't showing up to scrims or practices. He was just playing Valorant. Um, the entire Justice team really started, uh, not the Justice, the entire fuel team really started to hate him. After he left, there were some, uh, some, some bad feelings expressed on Twitter from some members of the fuel. And then the Justice then picked up Decay and he's mainly playing the Zarya tank for them right now. So Decay is playing against his old team. Um, and yeah. And so this this one, as we said, this one was a 3-0. and uh, Despite the fuel looking pretty good in the weeks coming up to this, they, they've been fairly strong recently. They were finally shedding their uh, their appearance as the, the joke team. Um, they were starting to finally get some respect. Uh, it, it that ended here. Um, they just didn't look as as strong as we have in the past. I think it might just be they're not able to really play this meta very well. I think also Decay was also playing out of his mind because he really had to prove that he still had it, that it wasn't him, it was the fuel who were holding him back. And, and to his credit, he really did perform at a, a very high level. Uh, he was also being very, very cheeky against his old team. Uh, a lot of very um, pointed hellos whenever he kills somebody. A lot of a lot of those funky waves. Um, and and also just in, in general, the fuel were not, as I said, were not comfortable with this meta. So their uh, their picks were, I would say, less than ideal. We we're in the patch where Genji's not as strong as he he used to be. So we had a very brief run of Genji being utterly dominant. Not so much anymore with the nerfs that happened to him. The fuel on Numbani, which is the second map, they're still really trying with the Genji on their attack. And it just absolutely doesn't work. Their Genji's never really able to um, to get any value. He I forget who was playing on the Genji, but uh, they, they only got the blade once and that was at the very, very end of the attack. They used it to try to reach point and never touched point. So that was a, a huge opportunity wasted. Their tank line is also the Winston Diva, but you're going up against a, a Zarya and a Roadhog who can really mess with your day because they have attacks that can't be eaten by like uh, a, a defense matrix or can like they can just walk through the bubble and, and burn you down fairly easily. So 
Um, and that was a problem that the fuel were also really facing. Plus the fact that the justice were very good at denying them the ability to build up to their ultimates. They would like, like their Moira pick. They picked Moira for the healer on Numbani and just always instantly deleted. Like the Moira would show up to the fight and instantly gone. So the, the justice really made this a very hard fight for the fuel. I don't think the fuel were ready for it. I don't think the fuel expected the justice to be as strong as they did because I, quite frankly, no one expected the justice to be this strong. So it was just a, a perfect storm of things for them to lose this. I also feel like, once again, the justice were showing off, you know, you have Decay now and he's enabled. He's not going to be locked into that DPS line and playing heroes that he's not necessarily great at. He's willing to play you know, Zarya, the thing that made him really strong during the GOATS meta. Um, and he's just showing it off right now. So this match just really shows how crazy the Justice really are. Uh, they were, what, the 12th seed going into this? And they're proving proving their worth. That's even shown uh, the next day as well. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of Zarya, I had practice with my team yesterday. And I played Zarya and I actually did some, like, work so i i'm encouraged maybe i'll actually finally learn how to properly use zarya so at that point i will i can say i can play any of the tanks although i'm not necessarily good at all the tanks i can play them so progress on my end yeah it takes a lot to get in the proper mindset of playing azaria um it was my second character that i learned and it took me a lot to figure out like the very little nuances um but I, I guess my best thing that i can tell you is zarya has two modes there's the get hungry and get energy mode and then there's the uh protect only mode so when you use your bubbles at the very beginning you're in that like i'm hungry i give me energy mode right so you run out you're like semi-suicidal you run out there you wait for people to shoot you, then you put it in your bubble, and you hope that they shoot you, and then you back up, and then you bubble somebody like a Genji who's going in the back line and give you more energy, right? That's exactly um, how I was playing it. <laughs> yeah, so that's the first mode. The second mode is the protect-only mode. So when you have above, uh, I would say s my number is 75 energy. Um, I know a lot of other people have like, oh, if it's below X or Y, but 75 is my number. Um, if I have energy above 75 or around 75, I only use my personal bubble to save myself. And then I only use, I still use the other bubble to like get energy off of my teammates, but I use my bubble to only protect myself. Um, that way I still have the damage output uh, needed in order to, you know, hit that back line, but also um, still be kind of that third DPS for the team. Um, yeah. It, it's, just a way of like mitigating and n managing your resources. That's the best way of describing it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go to day three now. Uh, the Hunters versus the NYXL was a two and three in favor of the NYXL. Dynasty versus the Spark was a three and oh. The Glads versus the Fusion was an O oh and three in favor of the Fusion. Uh, the Valiant versus the Mayhem was a three and two in favor of the Valiant. The Justice versus the Shock was a 2-3 in favor of the Shock. The Rain versus the Eternal was a 3-2 in favor of the Rain. Now, I didn't really watch this day, but I, I do, I'm glad to see that the Dynasty are doing well. They've had a very rough season. It's good to see them get some, 
some wins. But the real highlight of day three and probably of the entire weekend was the justice versus the shot game. So Kevin, take it away. Yeah. I, I literally had a heart attack watching this game. Uh, I was just chilling with my friends watching this and we're all from the Bay area. So we were really rooting for the shock, but this whole game, especially Oasis really woke us up. So first is Oasis. Uh, they play, they play this out and the shock get it. They, they get pretty much destroyed on the first point. It's like two to one um, is the final score on Oasis, but they weren't expecting both the, the one-two punch of Decay and Tatuba uh, just because Decay's grabs are insane. And then Tuba playing on um, the Sombra was able to EMP and really capitalize on the fact that the Shock like to play together. Um, and any beat that they were trying to get with Violet or with Moth on Lucio, it just got shut down immediately. So it was just a complete outplay and they weren't ready. Um, and yeah, it, it caught the shock off by surprise. And you can definitely see it in their gameplay. When, if anything, the, the Washington Justice just proved like with Decay, they have literally a third DPS in the roster. And they just so happen to put it on, you know, on on the Zarya to just get more damage in. Um, and they knew how to use that really well. And they used that momentum to roll into map number two, which happened to be King's Row. This one went a full distance. It went five to four. So the the first rounds went by really quickly. I was like, okay, you know what? Both of these teams are just pushing really quick. It's all good. Um, the one thing that they really had issues with, um, not only was like, you know, Decay uh, and Tuba dealing damage in the background, but also Janu. Janu on his Roadhog is insane. He's pretty much just been focusing down on it and has been hunkering down and figuring out how to play it. So um, it really, he outclassed Choi on a couple of instances. And because of that, you understand that you have somebody who's, who may be flexible enough to play, you know, mostly Diva, mostly Zarya. Um, but once you take him out onto a character that he's not 100% specialized on, you see how well uh, they actually match up against each other. Um, to make that adjustment, they took Twilight, or they took, um, I think they sub Violet out. Yeah, they sub Violet out in King's Row and they put in Twilight. Um, they needed that Ana and they realized that Janu was a problem. So um, with the Ana, they were able to get a little bit more momentum. But the fact that they were able to snowball in street space coming um, out of the second overtime for Washington led them to win King's Row. So score at the moment at the half was 2-0 Washington. And when you have a, you literally have a number 12 seed up 2-0 against the number two seed, uh, you know that there's a lot of things that are either going wrong or they're just not figuring it out. So um I was I was panicking. I was like, okay, these guys are slipping up. There's why why did you let this happen? Um, but like they go to full sky. Be happening. Yeah, this shouldn't ha- be happening. What kind of timeline is this? It is 2020, but like I didn't expect it to destroy the Overwatch League as well. Um, but yeah, it was just bonkers for the most part. They kept the same lineup throughout the entire um, the entire game for Washington. They kept the K, Aim God, Arc, Janu, Stitch, and Tuba. Um, 
But, you know, the Shock have rotated pieces, so they really brought in a couple people here and there when they needed it. Um, they went to Volskaya. They subbed in Stryker and Violet um, again so that they can get a little bit more um, speed on the point. They brought in Ons as well. So they were able to play a longer sight line against the Washington Justice. And being able to pick out those... Uh, being able to pick out the back line and prevent them from tapping second point really helped the San Francisco Shock win it. Um, Ons is like, I guess target selection is just really good. And that's what really led them to, to win the entire fight. So the Shock get one on the board after Volskaya. It's two to one. Um, and then they go to Gibraltar. So Gibraltar, um, this one was kind of up in the air. I was sweating bullets. Um, the first, the first push by the Shock was 2 minutes and 40, 48 seconds. And I was like, okay, that's a relatively safe time to go, I guess. Um, but then the Justice push it in like 3 minutes and 30 seconds or something like that. And you're like, okay, your defense completely fell apart because the way how the Shock were trying to play defense was with a full dive composition to hit backline quickly and prevent the Hog from being able to really do anything, but the fact that Janu is just able to hook, the, he was able to hook like Smurf out of the air and just like not allow him to get on the back line in the first place. He had to prioritize his own health, and when you only have five seconds left on your cooldown, you have five. That's essentially five seconds of just like the entire team wailing on you. So, uh, didn't really help out there. So that whole push that they tried to get in didn't go their way. Um, the shock. We're able to just hold them out on first point. They played defense really well. Um, and they just prevented the Washington Justice from even getting past server room. So they did a really good job of locking that down. And then on their attack, they were able to just push through. So um, they were able to tie it up 2-2. Two to two. Um, And then they went to Lijong Tower. Now, this is the part that like I thought, you know, okay, the Shockers starting to find a little bit of momentum going into it. They tied it up. Um, what are they going to do? So on Li Zhang, they did something that I didn't expect them to do. Um, and that is they subbed out Smurf. Um, Smurf is just really good on the Winston and the Orisa. That's like something that he's definitely known for. But for Li Zhang Tower, they brought in Super. And I was like, okay, um, we haven't seen Super in a while, but there's a reason why they brought him in here. Um, and they kept Ons in as well. Um, usually they'd like to sub out for, um, for usually Rascal in this situation, but they kept him in. And what they did in this fight was they let Super play like a gatekeeper kind of role when it came to um, not only Night Market, but also Control Center. Um, the second you take that point, you just hold that initial gate, so it forces the other team to go all the way around. Um, and that also eats up clock. It really helps them out. But uh, they put Ons on May in this, in this fight. And what that did is not only provided them a third shield with the wall, but also slowed up the team from being able to roll with momentum. And you can't really do too much with a Hog and a Zarya against a May. And they were able to really capitalize on that because the team wanted to play together because whoever Janu hooks usually gets a race. So at that point, they were letting them like they would let them go all the way around and like try to swap sides with them, but they would throw they would throw their blizzard behind them and push into them. 
So they either are forced to play into the shock um, with super as a shield or get frozen in the back. Um, it's just a really nice placement of the May Blizzard. If you want to see like the highlights of it, it is just it's really impressive and it really chokes out the other team and doesn't allow them to really do a lot. So because of that fight, it it helped them out. It helped them win that first map. And then when they got over to the second map, the second map was Gardens. Um, and the Washington Justice just full denied um, the shock from getting onto the point. Uh, they, they used the Roadhog hooks to, you know, hook them off the, hook them off the stage, um, being able to just break down the barrier as quickly as they can, even if they switched over to, like, Ball. It was just easier to control for Janu in that, in that case. But then they go to uh, Night Market, which is the last one. And they played the Reinhardt there just to lock down the point as quickly as they could. And uh-huh. that was the thing that really set them apart and really won it for them. So I'm glad that Super was able to get a little bit of time in there. Um, but this whole map, this whole matchup was just insane to watch. If you want to watch, not only like it, I feel like with the way how the meta is working right now too, uh, Moth was really enabled. We haven't seen Moth around in a while just because of the way how the meta is. It really favors uh, the heroes that Violet and uh, Twilight can play the most. But with Moth in the talk, in the discussion now, um, and allowing Mercy to be played a lot more, Moth is just fully enabled. Like You'd see him toggling between damage and healing at the right moments just to allow for more damage, and he just knows that. Um, it's just something that comes second nature to him um like he's probably the unsung hero of this if anything um but this whole matchup was insane um watching the washington justice definitely have a bright future uh, ahead of them and especially in this meta they know how to play it really well so um i wouldn't be surprised if they end up either like you know top two or even top like in the top four. Oh yeah like they've been They've been on such a roll that I can I can clearly see them in, at least for the the North American region. They're definitely I can see them in the top three or four. Um, day four, we've got the NYXL versus the Dragons, a one to three in favor of the Dragons. The Dynasty beat the Charge to a three zero, continuing their winning streak. The Glads versus the Mayhem was an zero and three in favor of the Mayhem. Uh, the Justice versus the Eternal was a three and zero in favor of the Eternal. Valiant versus the Fusion. The Fusion took that win in a 3-0 as well. And the Rain versus the Shock was a 1-3 in favor of the Shock. Um, something that I do want to I point out that I, I keep noticing about the LA teams is the Gladiators always beat the Valiant when they, they match up. Like, the Valiant are not able to, to figure out how to beat the Gladiators. But whenever the Gladiators are facing a team that the Valiant have beaten, the Gladiators are losing. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, that makes it very difficult, I guess, for for people in LA to determine who really is the better LA team, because, I mean, record-wise, the Valiant are have the better record, but going head-to-head, that's when the Glads have the better record. So it's just it's an interesting dynamic between the LA players. Um, so the Dynasty versus the Charge. I believe the Charge were the number two rank for the Asia region going into this. And the Dynasty traditionally have not been um, the bright star that they used to be, just with everything that's going on with a lot of the players changing and everything. Um, 
So this one started out very strong in favor of the charge. They started on Busan. Downtown was just, it, it was very clearly in the charge's favor. They, they set the pace. And even though the, uh, the dynasty were able to get a couple of possessions, like it was, it was only momentary. Like it was never really a doubt that the charge would take this, this portion of Busan. But then now we move on to Mecca base and it starts out the same way. The charge are really in control here, but there's one instance where the, the dynasty have all their alls and they just dump everything. Um, it, it really impactful Bob on the point. Um, and they're able to just using all those alts get control. And after that, they have so much better positioning and they're able to really prevent the, uh, the charge from ever touching the point ever again. So they take Mecha base. It's one-to-one. Um, and then on Sanctuary, it's just very clearly swings in favor of the Dynasty. Um, Soul take first possession. They're driving the, the charge back. The charge never really touched the point. And towards the very end, when it's like do or die time for the charge, they're getting ready to, to dump everything they have and, and make sure they get a possession. Marvel dumps his, uh, his minefield, gets two kills. Then uh, Gesture on the hog uses whole hog, pushes more people into the minefield. The rest of the team comes to clean up, team kill, and they, the dynasty cap it. And from then on, it's just all dynasty. Like, the, the charge are putting up a fight, but the dynasty just have much better positioning. They're better at managing the time that they have to play with and, and getting good pushes and whatnot. Um, they're better at building up their ults and using them to prevent the, uh, the, dy- the charge from, from getting kills or just keeping them off the point, uh, getting multiple kills with these ultimates. So uh, it, it's, it's, it's really swinging in favor of the dynasty are, are better at this meta. Um, same thing happens on uh, Anubis, which was the third map. And I mean, I, on Anubis, what really stood out is so far, I would say if, if the Dynasty have a weak link, it would be Gesture, but that's also not fair to say because even though Gesture gets killed in the fights first and gets killed very frequently, he's still getting very important kills and picks. Like, the, the most important thing that he did as the Roadhog was he was really able to anticipate where, um, where the Sombra was going to show up. Uh, so I think, I believe note is the only, it was, was playing the Sombra on the, uh, the charge here. So note has his EMP. He's trying to sneak around and like he, so he like he, frequently he would um, translocate to a side path where he could get around the uh, the dynasty and take them. But literally every time, as soon as he translocates, Gesture pops up, hooks him, and kills him. So he's not able to use the, uh, the EMP. And there's another wasted push for the charge. So, and this is happening throughout. So even though Gesture's really having trouble staying alive, he's still getting the value when he is alive so that his death doesn't really matter all that much. So, um the dynasty are still somehow in the, the winner's bracket. They do have a very good chance. I believe they're going up against the dragons in their next match. So that's going to be a tough fight for them. But even then they're going down to the loser's bracket where they still do have a chance to make it to the finals. I was actually really surprised about this match too. Um, yeah, no, I think we all were because the charge are consistently a very strong team. Yeah. So, but I'm glad that we get to see the matchup later on too. Hopefully they, 
they beat up in uh, the losers' brackets. But uh, yeah, these these two teams are going to be interesting to watch because I feel like uh, the meta is really favoring the dynasty, but the Charger are a more consistent team when it comes to like uh, adjusting and figuring out things on the fly. So um, if they do meet up again, it is going to be an interesting matchup. Yeah, and they'll, they'll, they'll have an idea of how the Dynasty are playing, so they're going to have that advantage as well. Um, so the Justice versus the Eternal. Uh, the Justice are, are on this, this war path. I don't know how it happened, but it, it, I'm guessing maybe it's the meta that's really pushing them to do this well, because the Justice were the as have you said kevin they're the 12th seed the paris eternal were the third seed i thought their run would end here i thought that the eternal y'all know i love the eternal i thought they would be able to stop the justice but really they couldn't it was it was just more of the same bad play that we saw when the justice were facing the fuel um i feel like the eternal just really they didn't know how to deal with this meta, which which cost them the loss. And since this was the losers bracket, they're in the they've got their second loss. They got kicked out of the, the tournament by the the Washington Justice, a team that probably none of us would have ever assumed this was possible. And I, I think besides not knowing how to deal with the meta, I feel like the Eternal just didn't know what picks to play. Um, they're running the Reinhardt a lot they're, they're putting ben best on reinhardt but when you're going against the the roadhog in the zarya there's there's not really that much you can do because if you try to charge in the hog can just hook you and stop that charge um and you're going up against the zarya which the zarya is getting charged up a lot most of the time just melt down your shields and then once that's gone you you really have no recourse like you don't have the range you don't have the mobility really to get away um so that really hurt them. That was especially on Lee Jung Tower. Like they played the Reinhardt on both Night Market and Control Center, and the Justice just walked all over them. Um, yeah, I think that's that's really it. It's, it's stuff like that where the uh, the Paris Eternal just were so unprepared. They did. I feel like they didn't expect. Like even though they probably saw. The Paris, the the Washington Justice play well against the uh, the Shock. I feel like they just didn't prepare adequately for for what they were going to run against this this meta. There's really not a lot to add to this. Like the Justice just have the meta in their favor right now, um, and the Eternal they they look lost. I mean, there wasn't a lot to really point out for them. Yeah, and so looking at let me. Let me look at the brackets real quick. Let's see where where everyone is standing. Who's who's still left at the top and who's like on their last legs? Um, so the North American bracket. In the winners bracket, we still have um we, we still have the, the shock and the fusion. In the losers bracket, we've got the rain, the mayhem, the valiant, and the justice. And uh, looking at the Asia bracket, in the winners bracket. We do have the Shanghai, uh, Shanghai Dragons and Seoul Dynasty. And in the losers bracket, we've got the New York Excelsior and the Gongzhou Charge. Now, looking to the schedule for next week, um, it's a little bit, or this upcoming week, um, it's actually tomorrow as of when we're recording it. So uh, we'll be a little bit late, but we can still look at how 
everything that's going to play into next week. Um, the Rain are going to be facing the, the Mayhem. The Justice are going to be facing the Valiant. The NYXL are going to face the Charge. The Dynasty are going to be against the Dragons. And the Shock are going to be against the Fusion. Um, I'm really interested mostly to see how the Justice play against the Valiant. Um, the Valiant, of course, are are a very consistently good team. I think traditionally they're like fifth place, I would say, around yeah. the fifth place team. And then the Justice are on their their warpath, as I've said. I think it's going to be very a very interesting matchup because with the way the Justice are playing with the Hog and, and the Zarya, the, the Valiant typically run the uh, the snipers. KSP and KSF are, are just typically playing the sniper game and then clean up. So if the Hog is really able to deny the sniper picks by hooking and, and one-shotting essentially, then I think that the Valiant are going to have a very tough time pushing through whatever the Justice give them. Yeah, when it comes down to like these matchups later on, um, we know that the winner of both the Justice and the Valiant and then the winner of the, the Rain versus the Mayhem are going to face off on that last Saturday spot. Um, that's going to determine who faces off against the San Francisco Shock or the Philadelphia Fusion. Um, I want to see Philly versus Washington just to see like how they match up against each other um, because they're both very dynamic teams. Um, but we have to see what happens on Saturday, obviously. Yeah. So this is going to be... I want to say that I have a feeling that the Justice are going to win, the Dragons are going to beat the Dynasty, and the Shock are going to beat the Fusion, but anything is possible, anything could flip. So, and the other ones I'm not really sure, because like the NYXL, they're a coin toss team. Um, the Charge are typically very well, but they, they do have their off days. And I don't know, I feel like the, the Rain and the Mayhem are close to the same level, so it could go either way. These teams are going to be really close. Um, and... Yeah, we won't know until the end of this uh, this weekend to see who actually moves forward. But after that, we have that one month gap of uh, of waiting for quarantine and relocation and all that. So, um, I mean, it's all leading for, towards this grand finals weekend. And I hope that we get to see, you know, finally we get to see the two brackets really like clash together. Oh, yeah, so, that's going to be so exciting. Yeah, we'll see who is really the best of the best. Um, I know that we all had the discussion uh, between the the Fusion, the Dragons, and the Shock, who really deserves that top spot and who who's going to make it there. But we won't know until it actually happens. I'd like to see Philly make it, but I really think it's going to be the Shock and the Dragons. And then it's just a matter of which is the better team, East v. West. All right, any final thoughts, Kevin, before we wrap it up for this week for the second time since Zoom ate the recording the first time we tried to record this? Um, not a lot going on. Just uh, enjoy the last week of Overwatch League while we have it going on. Um, enjoy these last moments. I'm not saying that the game is, like, dying, but, like, we have, like, literally in between them. Uh, yeah, play social distance, but, like, enjoy your teams while they're you know, in their break, there's got to, there's probably going to be something that Overwatch does. I'm, I don't want to say anything because, like, last, last time 
we got a hero was um around this time was sigma and he came out in september so we don't know if and i i would like them to go back on their word but they were saying like echo was going to be the last character that they were going to release in overwatch one um if they do release another character like a big surprise like haha we still care about this game uh they they release that or if they give us more details about overwatch 2 in the upcoming like month to fill in the gap um that'd be really helpful i feel like they have to do something in the interim because otherwise that's the, the die-off is going to be huge there i really feel like if they went back on their word and they gave us a new hero that would keep the game alive for just as long as they need to release overwatch 2 I think some information on Overwatch 2 would be nice, like if they gave us like a cinematic short. But honestly, how many times can you watch a cinematic short between now and whenever they release Overwatch 2? Like, maybe once or twice. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. Again, sorry for the delay. I blame Zoom. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed these upcoming week of Overwatch and tune, us, tune in with us next week and we will... Um, do the same thing again just hopefully on time Um, thanks guys and we'll see you next week next week we break down the second week of playoffs and find out who's going to be in the final thanks for listening to this week's episode if you like what you hear please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.